0: December 2007 forever changed the way that I experienced the Christmas season. It has been hard to rejoice in life and the goodness December brings when brokenness and grief show up uninvited. They show up while I'm washing the dishes, putting on makeup, folding the laundry, or mopping the floors. Grief loves company, but rarely receives an invitation. At the time of 2007, I was nine months pregnant with our daughter, We were living in Joplin, Missouri, and we had just experienced an awful ice storm. For seven days, we were without electricity, and as an emotional pregnant woman, I wanted to nest, and I wanted to be comfortable. I called the electric company every day, several times a day, to get someone out to restore our power, but nothing I said worked. It seemed like an eternity before our electricity was restored. I remember that December morning like it was yesterday. I looked straight into my husband's eyes and said, today cannot get any worse than what we have already experienced. But I was wrong. He gently kissed my forehead and left for work. It wasn't until a few hours later that the power came on and I was overwhelmed with joy. Joy that would only last an hour. The phone rang. I happily answered, Hello ready to tell whoever was calling that I had the heat on high and our house was a flaming furnace. But I had no response. Hello? I repeated softly. Jackie. I could tell it was my brother's voice. Jackie. Tell me it's not true. Tell me it's not true. <laughs> I had no clue what he was talking about. Then in those few seconds of silence, my mind raced to all sorts of tragedies. Randy. What is wrong? What happened? And through his sobs, I hear, It's Dad. He's dead. Tell me it's not true. I asked how, what, when, where, and why, but he couldn't speak. Since my parents divorced when I was young, I had to get the information from my grandmother. She is in her 70s now, and she walks hand in hand with Jesus daily. She's a noble, gentlewoman who allowed my dad to live with her, But on this day, I hear righteous anger coming from her lips. She loved her son and did everything that she could for him. When I was five years old, my grandmother purchased a home for us to live in with four bedrooms, two bathrooms, two two living rooms, and a huge yard, perfect for our family of six. It seemed like we were living the good, perfect life for a few years. My dad was a certified world-renowned mechanic for Hyundai. He had offers to work overseas, but decided to stay near his family. I've always appreciated him for that. He and my mom decided to go into business together and open up a family auto repair shop. He was doing well and needed to hire a few employees. It was at that time that our family's downward spiral began. My dad started spending more time away from our family as he spent more time with his employees. As he became heavily addicted to drugs, he left no money for us to eat. And one by one, our home utilities were shut off. My mom did her best, but she could not keep the shop running by herself when my dad was sent to jail. So she lost the shop. We would have been homeless if it weren't for my grandmother allowing us to live in the home without paying her any rent. My dad spent a few years in jail. He missed our birthdays, he never called us, and we never heard, I love you. On occasion, my mom would take us to the parking lot across from the downtown jail. She would make us clean the parking lot so he could watch us from the window in his jail cell. We would know which window was hissed by the orange rag waving on the inside of the window. I used to pretend that it was him saying, I will see you soon. I love you. During this time, we lived off of what we call wish sandwiches. You know, the kind where you would wish something was in between the two slices of bread. We would drink rainwater as well as use it to brush our teeth and flush the toilets. The local gas station supplied our shower and soap. We would ask for the bathroom key and quickly clean ourselves in the sink but we feared that someone would find out what we were doing. After a couple of years of living this way, my mom divorced my dad and went back to school to receive her GED. She had four kids to take care of and could no longer wait on him. I remember the first time that I went to visit my dad's new place. I was 14. He lived in a trailer at the salvage Yard where he had also worked. I spent my entire Saturday afternoon scrubbing his floors, doing his laundry, and washing his dishes until there was no dirt in sight. I wanted him to know that I loved him and I wanted his affection in return. I thought that the way I'd have it is if I somehow proved myself and then he'd see that I was capable of living with him. I was too young to understand that he couldn't take care of me because in reality, he couldn't take care of himself. My siblings and I were able to visit on certain weekends and I sure did look forward to seeing him. But this only lasted a summer. For that following fall, his girlfriend was murdered in his backyard. My dad was a suspect and it was all over the news. Being from a small town, everyone knew about my dad. I was mortified when one of the kids at school talked about my dad as if he were a monster because in my eyes, my dad was everything I pretended him to be. After investigation, my dad was found innocent due to the confession of his girlfriend's ex-boyfriend. But this put a damper on our visits with dad. It wasn't until he moved in with my grandmother that we were able to stay the weekends with him though rarely did we see him. If he wasn't working on cars, he was planted in front of his TV in his room. We spent most of our time with our grandma. And as you can imagine, this put a wedge between my relationship with him. He never attended games where I cheered, nor any of my track and cross-country meets. I was told that he came and went to both my high school and college graduations, but I don't remember seeing him at all. I became bitter and no longer went to visit him. When I married my husband, he spent a long time encouraging me to call my dad and even made me go visit him on occasion. He obviously saw more to my dad than my hurts would allow me to see. Our firstborn son adored my dad. He didn't mind that he smoked like a chimney while watching TV in his room. Our son would just love being with him. He would jump on his grandpa's bed and sit next to him while watching MacGyver. He had no reason to be distant from him. He had no hurts. This was his grandpa and he loved him. His love for my dad accompanied with the way my husband saw my dad changed my heart. I did love him too. Even though I never heard my dad say that he loved me, down deep, I knew that surely he did. That cold December day back in 2007 changed me. It changed us all. Around 2 p.m., my dad grabbed some tape, a plastic tube, pen and paper, and headed up to a secluded area in the salvage yard where he worked. With Oldie's plane in the background, he taped the tube to the exhaust pipe and pulled it through the passenger side window. He then got into the car and he taped the air vents and the crack around the passenger side window. While carbon monoxide filled his car, he wrote notes to several people until he forever fell asleep. The words that I hold close to my heart are these. Please let my kids know that I love them. He loved me. I may always cry on December 18th. As the years go by, I have learned to embrace grief and the brokenness it brings as it washes over me and engulfs me to my core. I cannot run from it. I am not stronger than it. I must be allowed to feel it when it comes. Step into it in prayer because I have to believe that in it, I am not alone. God provided a promise to Joshua that I too hold dear and true. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Deuteronomy 31, eight. This is the month that I do remember what has been lost, but more importantly, I celebrate in the hope of our Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Emmanuel who speaks of our troubles, who overcame the darkness, and who provides peace in this broken world. For he was, he is, and he will always be our Emmanuel, God with us.